Hello, welcome back to Creative Chit Chat. I'm Ryan McLeod and this week it's episode number 55. Um, this week is something completely new, something completely different that we've never done on the podcast before. We've chosen to unveil a bit of news um, and that news is that Fleet Collective is going to be closing its doors. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what Fleet Collective is, it's a, a co-working space um, based in the city chamber building on Palmier Street um, in Dundee. Um, it's been running for, I think, seven or eight years. Um, we'll go into that in the episode. Um, but yeah, it's a, a difficult decision um, that's come to. Um, but what we've done in this episode, the majority of it is with Donna Holford Lovell, who um, started Fleet with Lyle Bruce and has then been running it ever since alongside a bunch of other things. And we get the, the sort of story of her journey building it up and sort of creating what was a, a sort of key part of uh, Dundee's creative community um, and then we go on to talk a little bit about why the decision came to close um, and then also what's happening going forward and I think there's there's a lot of positives to come out of this as well um, there are a lot of people off to do other exciting interesting things and after we hear from Donna there's a whole bunch of guys from Fleet who talk about what Fleet actually means to them, what it has been to them and what they're going on to do. I'm also going to see a bit of a change. I'm going on to something new as well. Um, I'll unveil that sort of at the end of the episode. Um, within the outro, I'll do my um, sort of ode to Fleet, if you like, and talk a bit about uh, what that's meant to me, my time there, and what I'm going on to do next. So, yeah... Let's just uh, dive in and, and hear from Donna Holford Lovell. Um, this is episode number 55, Fleet Collective. My degree is in fine art and uh, after I graduated, which was many, many years ago, I just fannied about, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, but I'd, with my family, I'd always holidayed in Scotland and then for some reason I just thought I wanted to work in Scotland. So I went to the local library and got the Yellow Pages and started with uh, Dunfries and Galloway, the Yellow Pages. I started just writing letters to galleries and things and not really knowing what I was doing, but not really knowing what I wanted to do either. Um, didn't get anything from Dunfries and Galloway. And then I, uh, so I started on the Perth and um, I got a phone call from a gallery in Schoon. It was a commercial gallery in Schoon. I wanted to chat and ended up uh, going for an interview and then got a job in this commercial gallery in Schoon and moved up with Richard, who then was my long-term partner, who's now my husband. Um, Was there for a bit and we lived in Errol Station, and there was like four people on this dirt track, and we'd we'd never even we'd we'd never even heard of Dundee, and uh, we went one weekend, and it was like, all oh, right, okay, so there's a bit of a city next to us. So after Schoon, I ended up getting offered a job at uh, the University of Dundee in their museum collections. 
and I was uh, one of the assistant curators there. And um, for a while, I was responsible for rehousing their textile collection. I used to clean the zoology exhibits. That was awesome. Hoovering emus and dusting down the gorillas. And and then, so I did that for a stint. But part of that remit was to uh, reacquisition the student collection, which was housed in Duncan of Jordanston. So I ended up working with the exhibitions department there as well. Um, and then one thing led to another, the, I don't know, it was just a, I suppose, a series of strange circumstances. The curator, the main curator left from the museum services, so I was there holding the fort for a bit. And then the main curator from the exhibitions department moved on. Um, we got a new curator into the museum service and then there was nobody about to look after exhibitions department, so they asked me to do it. So myself and Val Norris, who now works at the DCA, ran the exhibitions department for a year. And it was awesome. I think it was just like we were given a real responsibility. We're still kind of young and naive and like kept saying somebody's going to catch us out in a bit. We just don't know what we do. But we worked with the students to do the degree show, which was huge. We curated shows in the Cooper Gallery. We did stuff around the university, did professional development with students. And then we got a new curator, Jenny Brownrigg, who's now the director of exhibitions at Glasgow School of Art. And I owe, I owe Jenny a lot, and I always think about her a lot, and the good work she's doing in Glasgow, because... Uh, Dundee lost a lot when she left the city and went to, to Glasgow. So Glasgow should bloody well be proud and look after her. Then what happened? That was it. I uh, I think what I tend to have is like a seven-year blip. So I'd been there for seven years and I was getting a bit kind of itchy feet. And I applied to the British Council for some funding, so where you could do an exchange uh, with another kind of uh, professional in another institution who was doing a similar role as, as you were. And so I chose uh, the Ontario College of Art and Design in Toronto where they run uh, an exhibitions programme within the college and there was an assistant curator and they had an on-site gallery just like we did at Duncan of Jordanston. So I did a, a mini work placement with them and um, and that was when I sort of got a travel bug and I was uh, convinced that I was I needed to leave Scotland and do great things around the world so I persuaded uh, Richard by then we were married uh, and got a house we were going down the kind of I'd got a mortgage I'd got a car on HP I'd got a dog and we'd got married and it was like shit I never I never I never I said I was never going to do this the next thing was children and old age and I hadn't done enough so I got did you think that's what when you called it a, a blip would you think that was what sort of you sort of took a step back and it was a realization that this is not necessarily the path that you wanted to be on yeah yeah I mean I really enjoyed my job um, 
but I think I'd gone as far as I could possibly go there. Plus, once you're with an institution for so long, you kind of start spotting the flaws and you see all the cracks and then the politics and then the bureaucracy and then it was like, and I'd ended up with a mortgage and blah, 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 and it was just starting to get a bit... uh, It was getting me down a bit because I kind of... I don't... I don't think I consciously... Well, I must have done, but consciously signed up to all that. I was like, just... You did what everybody else did, kind of thing. And I always thought I didn't do that, and it was like, realisations like, oh, God. You know, and like, at weekends, like, worried about the colour of my bathroom. It's like, what's that shit? (laughs) (laughs) and And, like, you know, I wasn't... I was too young to be bothering about that. So, some crazy reason, I persuaded Richard that we needed to emigrate to to Canada. So, um, we sold, we sold the house, we sold the car, we had an open house sale where people just came in and walked off with the sofas and fridges and stuff and just give us some cash. And then with that cash, we uh, travelled Canada for three months. Um, but before we left, we submitted our emigration papers. That was it. We were gonna we were gonna live in Canada. So we went out to Toronto, and we did a bit of woofing to start with, just outside Toronto. So we were on a um, an organic farm with some crazy family. And we were doing, we were planting herbs and stuff. And, and then it was like, what's going on again? It was like, I'm going mental. Pulled, pulled out our papers from Canada and went back, come back to Scotland. And obviously we, we came back to Scotland, hadn't got anything. So I, we, had, we had lived with my mum and dad for a bit. And I'm going to say it wrong, Gloms. We call it Gloms, but apparently it's Glams. Glam sounds like posh to us. Uh, anyway, so we lived in this little village with mum and dad for six months. And then uh, I think it was, we were home about three months and a job came up for, uh, it was called City Coordinator for the Six Cities Design Festival. Bit of a stupid mouthful, but it was pretty much like a project manager to, to run a design festival in Dundee. And the government had put forward three million pounds to do design festivals in the six cities of Scotland, Dundee being one. I got interviewed for it and then got the job. Um, so I was working at the DCA and working alongside Jennifer Caswell at Economic Development in the City Council. That again, it was an awesome job. But halfway through that, I. I I became pregnant, so uh, I kind of stuck it out to the bitter end. But as the end was approaching, that was only a one-year contract, and I was about to give birth. And I thought again, shit, what am I doing? I haven't got a job. We're just about to have a baby. Blah blah blah. Um. A job came up at the Abertay University for the curator of the Hannah McClaw Centre, 
so I went I, was, I went for the interview and I was heavily pregnant and I obviously said to them look I can't deny that I'm not I'm heavily pregnant but if you want me you're just gonna have to wait and fortunately they did and it was funny I got rushed into hospital because it was a complicated birth and got a phone call in hospital and said we're, we're willing to wait will, will you take the job I said well yes uh, the baby's coming actually early so I might be able to <laughs> Emily was six weeks premature so uh, yeah so yeah and and there was a kind of crossover between the six cities and me starting Abertay so uh when Amelie was six weeks old, I had to start installing exhibitions for the design festival. So Amelie came along with me in the car seat everywhere. So uh, she's joined in the fun quite early on. And then, yeah, and then that was when I ended up, I was ended up at Abertay. Um, so I was there for three years, three or four years, running the Hannah McClure Centre. During that time I did, I did my, uh, master's degree at Gray's and did it in curatorial practice and so what is it because like, at this point in your career and sort of going forward as well you, you, I mean it's very cute I don't even know how to say that cute, curatorial <laughs> base yes that's how you say it um, what is it that attracts you to that what is it that excites you about that putting on expressions of other people's well, stuff well uh, my default response is that I'm always better at managing other people than I am myself so when I did my own artwork I was a bit kind of just constantly procrastinating and kind of before I did fine art at university I was um I worked for a theatre I was I did stage direction and stage management and and I did a stint in the pops department so I was always better at being backstage and directing other people. So I think that's a kind of a sense of where it's come from. Um, I love art and all forms of art. But I can't, I, I can't do it all myself. So I think it's just, I just think it's kind of, I see my practice as almost a stage director so you, you you put in place the facilities that enables actors or artists to do what they're good at and perform or produce or make. So I think, and I, I see that as a kind of art practice, curatorial. But, you know, we've always had, along the way, you've had quite discussions of whether, you know, curatorial practice is a practice and it's, a, it's an artistic practice. And I, I, I think it is in a certain respect, so... Uh, so yeah, just being able to boss other people about is kind of <laughs> <laughs> it's much more my thing. Apparently, I was a bossy child. Uh, my mum was pretty bossy as well, so maybe it runs in the family. Do <laughs> you think Emily will, will carry on those traits as well? Um, well yes, Emily's already kind of uh, well. Actually, she's she wants to be a paleontologist, but she wants to be an artist at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure she's grasped the concept of of how difficult paleontology will be and how much time it'll take. Um, but I think she she'll 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 be in in the art sector somehow. Um, uh, I'm not quite sure where yet, but 
But yeah, she's still got this romantic notion of being a paleontologist during the week. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So going back to back to your time at Abertee, I mean, is this sort of around about the time that Neon was starting? So yeah, in in two thousand and nine, we started to meet with uh, what was called Interactive Tayside. And Interactive Tayside were kind of there to help um, creative industries uh, to grow and incubate and uh, kind of get investment in the city to grow that kind of sector. And um, there was a team. There was a team of people that they got together and always asked. Uh, they were like advisors from from uh, uh, private companies and freelance individuals, one of which was Lyle Bruce. And um, they interacted, said, say, Tayside said to them, what, what can we do? Can we do some kind of event? Can we do in a conference? Will that help? And everybody said, no, not really. It's a bit boring about another business conference a bit boring let's do some kind of something slightly more celebratory and that's the idea of this festival came up and then that's how neon grew grew um but i'd previously met uh lyle through the six cities design festival um i'd worked with him to commission some artworks for that and a comic for that and uh funnily enough we'd we'd been talking about uh, experiences that we'd had um, whilst I was in on t- uh, in Toronto I'd gone to a place called 401 Richmond Street which was an old converted uh, engineering factory and in that factory they'd got um, art galleries uh, cafes uh, artist studios they'd even got video archives and it was about uh, building a community within one building and kind of. And Lyle had been to the Pudding Fabrique in Groningen, which was a similar thing, but more of a kind of graphic design, maybe more commercial industries type of thing. And during these interactions with Neon and Lyle and at the time at Abate, we just kept saying, wouldn't it be awesome if we could have this kind of thing in Dundee where we could have desks and galleries and and help people kind of live and work better in the in the city because we'd both come from university backgrounds and you just constantly see uh, good talent being grown in the city through the universities and then they try the best to stay and then there's not really quite enough happening or I don't know they just get pulled and then they leave the city and end up in Glasgow and then eventually in London or wherever else and we were both kind of kind of getting a bit annoyed with that and then we just got on our high horse and kind of kept saying you know it's not good enough keeping all these students and we have to do something and losing them all and blah 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 and at that point, after I did my masters, I was curating shows at the Hannah McClure Centre. I fell into that again of like, you know, I'd got a comfortable job. I was getting a pension, and ooh, I should buy a house, and uh, and then 
you can see the cracks in the organisation and the flaws and the bureaucracy and goalposts changing and I was just tired. I'm like, so is this about another seven years on? From the last no, time? actually, it was a bit shorter because, well, I'd done seven, it was almost seven years to when I left Abertay, but I wasn't at Abertay for seven years. I'd done uh, the Six Cities design thing first and then had a baby and stuff. But I do seem to have a, a, a there's a pattern emerging about seven years. And I did about three and a half years, I think, at Abertay. And it was just, oh, I don't know, it was just... The money was running out, you were getting less funding. People's ulterior motives were beginning to show. And, you know, when somebody says you can do anything you want and that's not really what they meant, they want, you've, they've got a pre-prescribed thing they want you to do really and then it just got to the point where I'm sitting in the toilets going what the hell is going on and just the you know just the whole system doesn't work together and it doesn't work very well the cogs are just like grinding against each other constantly and so I was just getting a bit fed up of it and um I said to Lyle come on let's do something about this thing we keep talking about and and then it was the usual kind of through a friend of a friend we need a space this friend of a friend knew somebody with a space and so we come to see uh, the chamber building and it was a local developer who'd recently acquired the old chamber building didn't know what to do with it top floor was empty a bit derelict, a bit kind of, I mean, it wasn't habitable. And we just kept saying, you know, we could do this ace thing and he thought that was a good idea. And anyway, we we did fanny about for a bit and then one day it just got to the point where I'd had enough at Abertay, something, some bureaucracy nonsense was happening. And so I handed my notice in, said to Lyle, we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Without a discussion, just yeah, Lyle, this is happening. Uh, You're just bossing just, them yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, again, yeah. Lyle, it's happening. So I think Lyle, Lyle literally shit his pants because <laughs> I just, I'd got a baby. I'd got, I, I, you know, and I'd just got no job. So, so it has to happen now. <laughs> so we, we kind of, yeah, it was like... I remember um, for six months I sat, I was travelling to Lyle's house to work in Lyle's kitchen to sort things out. And the best of times, me and I, you know, love Lyle, he's great, but, you know, we don't get on. We don't see eye to eye. And I think that's what, I mean, in the first instance, that's what helped. And then, I mean, he he obviously came up with, he, he came up with all the aesthetics and the graphics and, I think he probably came up with a name, so that's where Fleet Collective came from. And I was, I was, I then took more interest in the business side and kind of trying to look at, well, what what's this and learning new stuff and kind of um, trying to be a businesswoman. <laughs> so at, at the start, what was the, what was the vision? What was your ambition? What were the, like the goals that you set out to achieve with the space? Uh, 
it, I think it was really quite simple and it was about providing a space, affordable space for people like recent graduates or people like us in the same situation where we kind of, I mean, Lyle's been freelance for years, but he'd been working at home and I think he'd had enough of being uh, going a bit crazy at home and just needed somewhere to sit and do stuff. And also, um, you know, keep work in the city so that, because what, I mean, in the creative industry, I, I must say though, I don't, I really need to say that I can't stand that term, creative industries, but it seems to kind of be able to split what me and Lyle were about, because Lyle was very commercial and I came from a fine art background was which, and, and public sector background, which was public, public money, whereas Lyle's uh, commercial, he's, uh, it's about, it's about pitching for work and working business to business, etc. So we were quite, kind of from kind of different worlds in that respect. So um, we often had arguments about these creative industries, and I wasn't allowed to call people artists. We had to call them creatives, and I wasn't allowed to call myself a curator. <laughs> and I was definitely a designer and not an artist. So we had, it, I think it, it it the relationship was kind of fed by this constant kind of uh, debate about what art is and what design is and why you know why it's different and why it's not different and blah 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 uh, and that still happens oh that constantly still happens Lyle hates me <laughs> and I hate him but I love him too because you know he's, he's, he's a funny lad he's very clever uh, and I, re- I totally respect what he does. So, how we got, how we've done this all, I have no idea. It's kind of. Uh, so yeah, I was at, trying to sit in his kitchen, saying, "No, Lyle, we do it like this," and Lyle's like, "No, we do it like this," and um, we just ended up signing an agreement with the guy who owns the chamber building. A good agreement because at the at the time it was inhabitable, so it was dusty. It was. There was no insulation, there was no heating, so me and Lyle just kind of slowly moved in, kind of trying to do bits and bobs. We we got a bit of cash. I borrowed some cash from my mum and dad. Lyle got a bit of cash just to buy desks and stuff. And um, we just we just winged it. It was just let's just do it and try it and see and and. And the more people we talked to, they were like, yeah, 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 we need space. This is what we need. So really and truly, it was about trying to create a little community um, that was slightly more uh, geared towards people uh, working desk-based stuff. So um, although I was interested in maybe we could make spaces for sculptors and painters, and there was a, there's a small provision for, for that in Dundee and not a a provision for uh, graphic designers, freelance graphic designers, or freelance sound artists, or what you know, desk-based desk type of thing. So that's that was the kind of yeah. We just made it up as we we went along, to be honest. So it, it's sort of been seven years since, roughly seven years since Fleet opened its opened its door. Right? It's seven years. We we constituted on I think it was the 10th of December uh, 2010 and then we actually moved in officially moved into the building it was July 
2011. Uh, that was like when we could let other people in, but me and uh, Lyle and I had started the business in 2010 and started to kind of decorate and move in and do all that kind of stuff. Because, I mean, I, I moved in what, three and a half years ago, something like that. Um, but from what I've heard, the first couple of years or a year or so were quite tough. Was, Even just in the the cold and just it was getting around. Yeah, it's horrific. And... Yeah, it's horrific. Um, so we'd got uh, little panel heaters in 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 the space. I mean, if, if anybody's been in the space, I mean, it, it's a vast space to heat. And at that time, when we moved in, there was there was bare tiles on the roof. So the roof was the same as it was when it was built in 1857 or whenever it was so there was bare slats bare slates uh the skylight no insulation drafts everywhere and we got little panel heaters on the walls it soon became apparent that the panel heaters whether they were on all day or not didn't do it much other than give us an extraordinarily large electric bill so we had to turn them off so we had no heating so we brought some gas heaters and we all had to sit there with gas heaters I mean there was only a few of us then and we had to sit with gloves on and me and me and Lyle huddled up in one bay up up the kind of closest end to the door because the other end was really cold and we just tried to huddle in the corner with gloves on and gas fires and you could actually see your breath. Uh, the winter was ridiculous. <laughs> Again, it was just... It's just pure, pure uh, stubbornness that this is this is going to fucking work if, we, if it kills me, this idea. Because this is what we need to do. <laughs> But, like, people were so positive about it and, like, we were then... People started to invite us to go and talk about it and people would come down... We had, we had a group come down from Aberdeen just particularly to talk about how to do this and why we were doing it. And at that point, it was like, oh, wow, this is, like, this is really good and we've never heard of this type of thing before. And um, So then we started... Because we'd also started looking at, well, not just providing desk space but actually providing work opportunities for those people who were at those desks so the idea was that if we could all pitch in for a particular job we would all benefit from it so the model was that uh, you still worked as an individual but fleet as an entity uh, tried to almost work as an agency or like a broker or a commissioner or a fundraiser so that you could bring work into fleet that then went to the people who rented desks so this kind of nobody had heard of that type of way of working where you know one company was was primarily there to help other companies to make money and other individuals to make money and not itself so although we set it up as a company it's always been a social enterprise in the way it's been run. So we kind of knew at that point where people are inviting us to go and talk about it. We're on to something here. This is this is something interesting. And then obviously the 
council would get interested and other organisations and funders. So, so, yeah, we thought, yeah, we'll just persevere. And then it was like, well, if we got more people in, we could pay more rent, therefore the landlord would do the place up. So o- over the years, it's been uh, slowly added to. So the first thing was they insulated insulated the ceiling and then they put secondary glazing on the skylights and then we had a fancy air heating system it's been tricky Mm -hmm. to balance all that yeah but i think what the triumph of fleet is that it's it's always better than some of its parts it sort of brings people together i mean obviously in a physical space but and more than that as well. Like you gain more than just sitting at a desk that's not in your house by being part of Fleet. Yeah, yeah. I think it comes as a really big entire package. The idea... I, I mean, I, I think I think we always understood that this might happen, but it's quite clear from the years, as the years have gone by, it's, it's, it's almost... You, you get the benefit of having an interesting space to work in with interesting people. And you can cha- and, uh, choose to engage with, with those people or not engage with those people. You have a, you, there, is, there are opportunities to work on projects, therefore you make a wage. You potentially, um, it could be, become sustainable. You know, for example, we had one person that came, uh, he was at Dundee College, and he did uh, a summer work experience at Fleet. And when he finished at uh, college, we offered him, if he did some voluntary work in the office, he could have a desk for free for six months. By the end of the six months, he'd, he'd graduated in graphic design. And by the end of the six months, um, he started getting his own clients. Now, and then building up his own portfolio, when he did that, he start, He said, right, I'll stay on. I'll pay for a desk. He's now got a comfortable business. He's just bought a, a, a flat and he's blah, blah, blah. And he's doing really well and he's busy. That That is a... That's the store case study, if you will. That was the, supposed to be the idea. He's graduated from Dundee College and he can stay in the city and make a living. And he's done that through the help of being at Fleet. Yeah, I think it, it does act as that support network mm. um, that going into the world as a freelancer it's very difficult if you're doing that on your own from your bedroom but if you've got people you can run ideas past or ask advice from or and I think the thing with Fleet is that I, I've probably said quite a lot is that if someone in here doesn't know the answer they know someone who somebody does. has yeah somebody yeah. and it's kind of like um, you're all you're all in the same boat so you can all you've all got similar problems and you've got all got similar goals and you've all got similar achievements you know we're all doing the tax return at the same time so if it's not help you can sit at the the dinner table and moan about it because you know you need to you need to share that and I, i i admire people that can work at home but i've tried it once and it's just a nightmare and it's kind of you need it's it's just just that basic human interaction that people need, and then it becomes a bit like a family, you know. So 
you know, people started doing cinema nights and then game nights and then going to the pub after and and hanging out at work. Do you know would bring pizzas and booze and hang out in the office and and stay here all night. Um, I know some people have even slept here some nights. <laughs> Um, you know, so it, it's that kind of, I mean, what, what, I would never have done that at university that at, at my workplace at Abertay, cause you couldn't wait to go home from the place. Do you know that? I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. Works can be your life and it's what you enjoy doing. And I think if you can provide people with an, an environment where they can work at their best and be happy with it, it's just an amazing feeling yeah. I also think that's down to the way the space is set up um, and that is open plan and okay that's not great for lighting, heating but for the social aspect of it it's fantastic and it's that ability to sort of use the social space, use the kitchen at lunchtime have discussions about everything and anything and probably a lot of stuff we probably couldn't mention on the podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Always ends up about sex, doesn't it? At, yeah, at the end of the day. That's probably more. It says more about the people. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about yachts, and then it ends up about some kind of fetish thing. Japanese sex robots. That's it. Yeah. yeah, but you know that's technology and design. And <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the future. <laughs> it's where the money is. Japanese sex robots. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's, that's my next venture. <laughs> yeah, don't go mining Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's so 80s now. That's like well over. So how, over this, over this time period, how have you seen fleet change? Or what about it have you seen change? I think it'd be quite, it, it's, it's come quite clear that... Um, let's start with me personally. I've kind of, I don't think I've changed a lot, but my kind of um, workload changed a lot when I started getting more involved with Neon and helping with their festival. Uh, so during my time at Abate for the three years, we were involved with delivering part of the festival. And then when I left, I was always still interested in trying to keep this festival going because I've got a, I've always had a particular interest in digital art, and that's what Neon specialises in and focuses on. And um, so, as a, as a as as a curator, I was interested in still trying to curate that program but obviously desperately wanted to start this collective as well. And I think because I think because I hadn't got a job, I think I just started doing everything. And I think when you start, you know, this was my first time of being a freelancer, I suppose. And you start saying yes to everything. And I think just quite recently, my involvement with Neon is is increased exponentially, and um, Fleets suffered as a consequence of that, unfortunately, because eventually Lyle, although he was a director in the beginning, 
resigned being a director and just wanted to be a tenant. He says, I want to just be part of this, not have to worry about the business side. So for a long time, it was just me. Um, But Fleet needs, in fact, Fleet needs a full-time team to actually keep keep it going and keep managing it because it's it's you know it's got to the point now where um, desk space just isn't enough to be to make it sustainable because the rent's gone up it's, it's catch 22 because the more people you get in the more your bills go up so the more bills you go up the more people you need in and then it's just gone, you know, it's, and then I haven't been around enough, I suppose, to try and bring bring in that other extra work that, that could potentially cover those increasing bills. So, you know, everything's all gone up since we started over the last seven years. And then also we've, you know, internet. God, oh, don't start me on the fucking internet in Dundee honestly and it just goes on and on and on and even like recycling and rubbish costs more and getting rid of rubbish so um, and I'm not in the office and I'm not on the ground enough to kind of keep on top of that and also you need a full time person you need a salesperson to promote the place as somewhere to to come and to come and sit and do your work and to promote what fleet is so again we don't have a marketing budget so you know we scramble about trying to do marketing i mean usually it in the beginning word of mouth was enough but it's it's not anymore and now there's competition which is great but yeah it's just kind of becoming slightly pressured so I suppose we've sort of come to well, that's a pretty key point in Fleet's life, yes. I suppose. Yes. Um, I've been working quite hard with Neon and Neon for the past few years has also had a space down at the Vision Building which originally was to be it helps with uh, events and it, it was a venue to kind of to do performances and that kind of thing but it's become kind of an office space down there it houses quite a lot of our assets and our kit that we've acquired um, and now we rent desks down there as well to kind of different different organisations it doesn't function the same as Fleet it's not quite the same it's just a pure kind of desk space but uh, last year we we worked really hard on developing a new three-year business plan and we submitted to Creative Scotland's regular funding round and last week it was announced that we got funding Uh, so we've now become uh, a regular funded organisation with Creative Scotland that gives us funding for three years and that's actually gonna that pays that's uh, a paid position to me, for me to manage it properly. Uh, so again, my role in that is going to increase. And then before it was actually drawing the install of last year's Neon, I became unwell. 
and then I've recently done a stint in hospital. It's all a bit kind of scary because for 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 about three weeks it was suspected I'd got cancer. And you know it's such a cliche, but when you're faced with that kind of shit, man, it's like sitting in hospital. I started. I started. I got my computer and started um, uploading photographs to Snapfish so I could get them printed out just in case I died so I can leave these photographs for Richard and Amelie because I've got ten, over 10,000 images on my iCloud and they, they wouldn't know how to... Uh, Richard's not amazingly technically savvy and... And just to, and then and then realize what you've just done and kind of go this is mental, and then I need to spend more time with my family. I need to kind of just reevaluate what I'm doing. Uh, so I had to make that decision. I've made that decision to kind of stop doing as much as I do. I think I've done my tour of duty. It's getting more and more difficult to balance everything it's getting more and more difficult to uh, keep fleet above water um, at, you know in, its, in the current in its current form and the current situation it just doesn't look sustainable um, ideally it needs to you know we need to employ a team of a marketer and a salesperson and a, so after the, a few discussions with the directors and the members we are closing the doors to fleet and uh i don't think it's a sad thing i think we've done some great stuff i think we've kind of we have proved it can work it just you know just needs a bit more just needs a, another me from 20 years ago to come in and kind of you know, redo it. And I think there's a lot of people coming out of the universities and stuff that are also wanting to do their own collectives and their own kind of, and maybe, you know, this could stand as, right, well, you know, these are some good things that, that work and these are some bad things that don't work and help them start a new way of working. And obviously all these kind of, we're getting new co-working spaces being built, you know whether they work or not. I've no idea. Uh, Westwood works. Let's hope that that goes somewhere and it can be, you know, all that it says it's going to be. Just you know, just fleet and everything else on a grander scale. And I think it's also been uh, how do you say? It? Everybody's really done really is really doing like well as individuals from fleet and moving on to do other things yeah it feels like so, it's okay it's it, it's sad to see to use that phrase closing the doors but there's a lot of positives there's a lot of things that are happening that are really exciting really encouraging and and i mean the, the things that have come out of fleet the, the clients that they've worked with the projects that have arisen out of here the collaborations that have happened the connections that have been made, all that is massively positive, and that's not just going to disappear when the doors close. No, that's I'm, still yeah. going to exist. Yeah, and hopefully the people that have worked here uh, for 
over a long period of time have established themselves in the city and can see themselves staying and continuing to work and, and kind of, you know, and I think a lot of people have been involved with things like, you know, like the design festival and got involved with the culture, city of culture bid and, and has made them kind of really integrated in, in the city and Fleet was all a part of that and helped it, you know, feel like, you know, Dundee can do stuff. You know, you don't need to go anywhere else. You could stay here and, and kind of have a really good time and, and be sustainable. Um, you know, we're never going to be millionaires. We wouldn't have started, you know, we would have gone into Japanese porn robots, wouldn't we, if we wanted to be millionaires. But at least you can put food on the table and feel comfortable and happy and, you know... It, and we're all in it together and we can all group hug somewhere <laughs> if we need to. So yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think I mean yeah, I mean it maybe it doesn't have to be in physical space anymore. Fleets are kind of it's a family that we'll all still be part of without you know the risk of sounding a bit kind of so I'm gonna throw up. You know, we are. And I don't think that'll ever that'll ever go away so yeah it's uh it's in interesting times i think i'm just getting old and tired as well uh i need to just slow down be a bit selfish and kind of say no actually i'm not doing that i need to spend time with my daughter and my husband who have also missed out a lot from you know a lot of hours that I've put into work and stuff so it's about time they got they got some they got some attention <laughs> and as much as anything else I think that's that's what fleet allowed people to do was to realize their priorities yes and to be much more flexible and yeah yeah as you say it wasn't about everyone becoming millionaires it was about having a, a way of life that's much more enjoyable yes yeah yeah, it's kind of it's, you. You have a sense of freedom, I think. I mean, trust trust me, it's it is hard, as you well know. Not having a job, we haven't got jobs. We don't have pensions. We don't have all that shit that apparently we're supposed to have. You know, who's going to look after me when I'm ninety? It's not the state. But hey ho, you know, I just think that everybody in Fleet should be proud of what what's happened and what what we've done and what we've achieved yeah and just you know we are just happy people and really nice people and And that's not just the people who are sitting in here right now that's the probably hundreds yes of people that have come come through the doors and had desks and come and gone and gone on to other opportunities and that's i mean that's a a constant trait that's happened throughout the whole lifespan of, of fleet yes yeah and and I think it's 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 been a I think it's been a, a huge boost for the city. Um, and that's I, I don't think we should. I'm not saying that lightly. I think it's true. And everybody and we couldn't you know Fleet wouldn't have been in that position with it if it hadn't had such fantastic people and very talented people. You know and. and uh, I think I hope Dundee continues to be proud of that. Those people that are here. 
And I, I mean, it's not as if we click our fingers and that talent is going to disappear or run away. No. Everyone it's, here is, is going to stay yeah. here and continue to work and develop their own things in their own direction. Yeah, so. yeah. I think, yeah, it'll be like... Because originally the Fleet Collective, the name actually comes from um, the gangs of Dundee. So there used to be the Lockie Fleet and the Ferry Fleet. And I think we kind of played on that the nautical of Dundee and the gangs of Dundee. And it'll be like you're sitting in the pub when you... Can you remember that Fleet Collective we used to be part of? You know, it's like this gang existed... In the wrong end of Dundee, everybody told us it should be in Perth Road. I'm like, no, we're not going in Perth Road. We're coming this end, and it's great down here. And uh, yeah, and everybody looked back at it and go, yeah, I was part of Dundee, uh, like Fleet Collective. And they'd be like, go down a history, yeah, type of thing. I'm Ed Broughton, I'm a filmmaker. I've been based at Fleet Collective since it started, which to me seems about seven or eight years ago. Um, It coincided with me uh, going freelance and setting up my company for the first time, and it provided uh, just a really amazing location and atmosphere uh, to do that in. Um, I think one of my favourite things about Fleet Collective is just working with interesting, maybe even somewhat geeky people who are interested in when you want to talk about camera lenses or bits of software or things like that. That um, in previous places I've worked, no one's that no one's that bothered, are they? I mean, why should they be? But here, there's a level of um, camaraderie. There's a level of interest. There's um, there's there's never been a work hierarchy here, which I think is, you know, you're not working with someone who's your boss or you're not working with someone you're the boss of, which to me is a much more natural way of working than um, than you'd find in other workplaces. You know, people always came into Fleet because they wanted to, uh, for the most part. Everyone was glad to be here and glad of the company too. Having people to talk to or having someone to have lunch with um, it wouldn't necessarily be a thing that would be available to you if you're kind of at home in your spare room or, you know, working at a laptop at your kitchen table, um, which I think um, in the age where there's a lot more, um, there's a lot more kind of uh, focus on self-care and wellness and all these sort of things that, um, you know, Fleet kind of... Uh, made a nice environment for self-employed people in that there's always someone to have lunch with um there's always people who can help you out um with various technical things if something's out of your area of expertise that people be people to talk to who could fill in that gap um and yeah just very nice place so uh, i'll be sorry to see it go really um i think that my business itself wouldn't have done uh, nearly as well working in isolation. I've managed to work with most of the people uh, at Fleet Collective on one kind of project or another uh, over the last seven years. And that certainly opened up doors. It's opened up um, different avenues to different types of work that I maybe wouldn't have uh, necessarily had access to otherwise. And for that, yeah, 
uh, great idea. Hats off to Donna and Lyle for thinking it all up in the first place. And yeah, cheers to everyone I've worked alongside for the last seven years. You've all been great. Okay, so I'm Kirsty, and I first met Lyle and Donna just as they were setting up Fleet in, I think, about 2011, just as I was setting up my own practice. And I moved in not that long after the place set up. I moved in in 2012 and really haven't looked back. It's a fabulous community, and there's people who've been here almost all of that time there's people who've come and gone and all it's been amazing to meet all of these people with amazing creative ideas in sectors that are a bit different to what I work in so it's every time I sit down at lunchtime I learn something new pretty much and that's really exciting so I'm gonna miss it but as it happens it ties in with me heading off on some other adventures so some of them we can tell you about the first ones which are actually heading off to the arctic and apart from anything else hopefully crossing paths with a passive house boat which fits in very nicely with the type of work that we do um, and possibly my own project a bit closer to home which more about that watch my website but i think what's been exciting about fleet is that it's rooted in the city and there's you know, it's a real hub of what's been happening both in Dundee but actually spreading out across the world. So not just across Scotland and across the UK but internationally. So we've got work like that and I know others are working on that scale as well. So I think really I would say watch this space but watch watch the space that this leaves and where everybody goes from here. I'm pretty excited about it. So I'm Alice I'm a fairly new member to Fleet, been here about a year working with Kirsty, and it has been a great place to work. It's been very welcoming. It's nice having dogs in an office and a good a good lunch table with tea and good chat around about it. There's a lot of interesting things happening in Fleet and it's you know, it's an interesting mix of folk and and different work that's happening and it's been great being a part of that and within this environment and I've learned a lot whilst I've been here and you know all these things that I've learned I think will stay with me as I continue on and I mean like it's been said before as everyone moves on there'll be lots of new interesting things happening. I'm Russell Pepper I um from Perth, moved to Dundee a wee while ago, and I do a renewable engineering uh, PhD at Strathclyde, and I needed a space to work, and I saw a flyer, and initially it was just a space to work in, Fleet, I just thought, okay, this looks cool, nice place, and it looked beautiful, obviously, it's a gorgeous old building, uh, but then over the couple of years, it's been really great working with the people here, and it's turned into more than I really expected with collaborating with the guys here, uh, Ryan and Katie mainly, and Lyle as well, create an open close project which is kind of a spiraling absolutely out of control right now uh <laughs> yeah uh, just had some more very interesting meetings of which i won't broadcast yet but there's going to be some very interesting stuff happening hopefully very soon in dundee so uh yeah it's been absolutely great working in this kind of a space this environment people all around you it's going to be missed 
It's a unique space in the city. Um, I'm going to move down to the Vision building afterwards, uh, the end of February. So, um, not quite a nice space apparently, but it's going to have some interesting people down there and some cool people too, so hopefully can get something going on there. But uh, I wish this space could be kept alive somehow. Obviously, people will be moving to different places and we'll stay in touch and all that sort of thing. And we can still loosely call ourselves Fleet, maybe. Um, but we won't be all working in the same space again, which is a shame. But it's cool, you know, things go on, they move on, they evolve. So, sad, but also interesting to see what the future holds for everybody. Yeah, it's been great. It's been a, yeah, it's been a, it's been a very complicated emotional roller coaster I think for me it, when since being here from setting it up um it's been eight eight years I think this year since we set it up which is actually quite a long time ago and I remember coming into this when it was just a, a shell of a building with with nothing much happening and how we were spent the first you know year or so pretty much in dust and you know tidying things up and cleaning things and getting things set up you know, making shelves, making things and, and, and turning it into a kind of interesting creative space. So it's not been an easy thing to get happening. And it's, I think it's really kind of a complicated feeling to have to sort of say goodbye to that as well. Because, you know, I don't think I ever thought I would leave here and uh, it would end, if that makes sense. Um, so having it kind of finishing now, I mean, I haven't been a director of Fleet for many years. And basically just been basically doing my own work so my relationship changed a little bit over that time and seeing it from a slightly different perspective of actually being based here and working from here it's been a really interesting place to be based i've met so many interesting people and people who've come and gone and people who've been here since the start as well and stuck it out to the end i think there's been a core of us that have, have been here i think it's kind of natural that this is the progress of it in some ways that it has kind of ended i think running these spaces and running a collective space like this is really is, is, is very hard to keep it going for any sustainably over a long period of time without somebody giving up a lot of their time to make that happen and I think in, in the case of Fleet it was obviously Donna and she put in an awful lot of effort to do that and I think um, she needs to concentrate on other things now and that's that's the way things things go. I think you know we've, we've learned a lot of it, a lot of lessons from, from it and I think this sort of space is very valuable to, to any city to be able to create its own innovative interesting businesses that can that, that can be quite loose and flexible and and also collaborate and, and create other things. There's so many projects have come out of Fleet from from uh, We Dundee to uh, through city culture stuff we've done um, technically Creative Dundee as well has, has has been developed a lot uh, through Fleet doing things here. Um, we have you know things like Pitch Kuchu wouldn't be in the city probably without Fleet running this building, having space downstairs to host it at the time uh, that that started. Um, we have um, been involved with projects for clients, you know, like Channel Four and uh, other people like that. Some of our some of the members have you know created massive massive projects um, out of out of the building out of here. Uh, we've used it as a home. We've used it to to have parties in, <laughs> we've used it to uh, um, uh, have our dogs in. <laughs> and, you know, I think having a space like that's quite quite hard to get. And we know that we've been very privileged over the last eight years to actually have access to that sort of space. And I'm really sad to see the end of that. Um, but that said, it's not the end for anybody here. I think everybody will move on and do other things. And I know I've got plans. I know other people have got plans. And I think um, that will, in, in the long run, probably end up being making things better and stronger for, for folk. Okay, so... Um... I'm Katie Guthrie, a freelance artist and illustrator. Um, so I had a desk in Fleet, um, which was good. I think all creative kind of co-working spaces are good because they give you a chance to kind of be inspired by other people and allow you that kind of space to work alongside other creatives, which I think is important because it can feel quite isolating when you're kind of working by yourself in a space. Um, it can get quite lonely and it's not that inspiring. Um, so 
I really enjoyed having other artists and designers and also people from different fields. So if you're working on a project, perhaps, that you needed kind of input from somebody who specialised in a subject you didn't know that much about, you could just ask them. Or if you were working on a project that needed you know, other elements added in, you could just kind of ask somebody if they want to work with you. So it kind of opened up a whole different level of opportunities, personally and collaboratively. Um, so yeah, I collaborated with a few um, of the artists in the space, like Ryan being the main one. Um, so yeah, it was really good, really enjoyed it, a really friendly environment with lots of dogs. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be well missed by everyone. For me, what's next? I'm not really sure, to be honest. Uh, just keep working away, probably move back home <laughs> into a lonely studio again. Um, so yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Hi, so I'm Andy Flack and I'm a director of Wide Open Space and uh, also, latterly, a director at Fleet. Uh, so a uh, bit of a sad time that we're having a closed fleet, but it's become a bit of an inevitable thing. Um, but I have to say on the more positive side that it's been absolutely brilliant being here. Been here from the start, pretty much. I enjoyed the days when it was ice on the inside of the windows rather than the outside and absolutely freezing, but uh, we uh, we still got on and enjoyed ourselves. Uh, so, yeah, but overall, it's just it's been a great place to be, great people. It's really good to see a lot of people come through here, go on to do better things, um, and uh, you know, even now to know that people are off to do some great stuff as well. I think Fleet was a, a brilliant idea. It's been um, excellent for the smaller companies or freelancers uh, sort of having a, a safe place to work i'd love to see something like that again in dundee or uh, it's more sustainable yeah so i think i think it's a great it's a rich environment for people to work in uh, i can't imagine anyone that's been here that's not enjoyed that experience so that was episode 55 um with most of the guys from Fleet Collective. Um, I know that would probably dropped like a bombshell for pretty much everyone. But when we were discussing this, we felt that a podcast would be a good way to get the, the, the true story of Fleet across and sort of tell the journey really well and tell the sort of insider story to that and give people the opportunity to, to give their odes, to give their thoughts on Fleet and what it's meant to them sort of over the years that they've been involved in it. Um, and hopefully that, that came across and hopefully that was effective in, in, in telling the story of Fleet Collective um, and sort of given a bit of background to the, the sort of recent developments and the changes. But um, I suppose I've I've got to talk about my experiences and what Fleet has meant to me over the last three and a half years. Um, I suppose in the first instance it, it gave me confidence in that I... I I looked at Fleet before I considered moving back to Dundee to become a freelancer um, and it showed me that there were people out there making creative practice sustainable and it gave me the confidence to go and actually make the jump, make the leap and I'm so glad that I did and being in that space has given me way more than I could ever have imagined I think it's, it's a community, it was a family, uh, it was a support network, a sounding board um, sort of all of these things um, Fleet became and I think the success of it was testament to the way it was set up and the people that were in there um, I think the open plan nature of it um, the openness of the people and the sort of willingness to, to help 
just make things happen and help solve any sort of problem. Um, I think that that was absolutely testament to what what Fleet was great for. And so we've seen a lot of amazing projects come out of it. I mean, it, Russell talked about open close, and I think it's I mean, it's case in point. It's someone who's come in who's not in that creative field, but has managed to to create an, an amazing public art project um, out of it. And I was able to sort of get involved and help facilitate that and use my skills to develop the project and, and sort of help Russell. Um, and it, I mean, it's, it's brought me many different um, opportunities to collaborate um, to work with different people, to make contacts, to make friends. Um, and yeah, I'd be eternally grateful to, to Fleet Collective for that, for the people in the, the space. And I think it's not a negative thing that this is has had to come to an end um, in some ways it, it might be the natural way um, a lot of the guys in there are moving on to new things new and interesting exciting things I mean I don't think as I said in the episode it's not like everyone's running away it's more like the guys who are there are morphing and changing into something different something new like I think all that creative talent will, will remain and we'll see see lots more exciting things happen Um from a, a personal perspective I mean the, the Fleet was the birthplace of creative chit chat and I mean that's it's not going to change, that is going to continue for me and um, what is going to change is the other sort of side of, of what I do as in it, it's at the end of Slurp as well and uh, I'm going to be launching something new and that's going to be a new design studio uh, based in Dundee um, it's myself um, and Lyle Bruce are going to be launching it and I'm not really going to say much more than that at the moment I will give you the name um, it's going to be called Agency of None and I'm sure if um, you want to find out a little bit more or you can do so on the usual social channels um, or check out the internet um, but yeah, I mean, we'll be releasing more and more about that as, as time goes on, um, as we get towards the a big launch. Um, but yeah, that's all I'm really going to say, keeping the cards close to their chest at the moment, anyway. But yeah, I mean, I hope I hope you guys enjoyed that episode, and um, the sort of insight into Fleet's journey, and into Donna's journey in particular. And if you don't already... Um, follow us um, it's at CCC Dundee on Twitter and Instagram and facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash CCC Dundee uh, what I will say going forward um, we've now hit six episodes in the new year so for this new schedule we're taking a bit of a break uh, for a month and we'll be back on the 4th of April and the episode on the 4th of April will be with uh, Jennifer Jones who moved to Dundee pretty recently and has been an absolute whirlwind. She's been involved in loads of stuff, um, sort of service design, community engagement, community empowerment. Um, yeah, I mean, she's an amazing addition to the city and the talent and a great testament to what, to the kinds of people we should be attracting, I think. And we talk about a whole bunch of stuff, including when she's going to get her podcast started, which I'm really excited about. But I'm not going to tell you anymore. I'm going to leave that until the 4th of April. But enjoy the break. I know I will. 
<laughs> but yeah, um, until then, until the 4th of April, goodbye.